Alexa, can we, uh, can we do the music podcast now? Absolutely. <laughs> rise up, rise up from Gojira. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> you found volume eight of the Rock of Shame podcast, the backlog busting, deep diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week. I am your host, the bad boy Bryce Reed. I am joined by the filthy father, Greg Plord. I am properly moxie-ginned up. What up, everybody? Proud of you, bro. And I'm joined by the pussy petter, Drew Peak. I'm literally shaking right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's petting his cat. All right, keep keep it out of there. Uh, (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Come on. Come on. It's a family show. Uh, if you're new to the sh- if you're new to the show, let me give you the good news. Each week, these three naughty naughty boys and sometimes guests uh, select a musical artist or group that we've never listened to, and we uh, spend the whole week immersing ourselves in the in the uh, art and culture and world of that artist, only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us and join our brand new Discord community at tinyurl.com com slash rock a shame you got to get over there huge party people talking about music all the time every day and and so much more um we're having a blast with those people over there man uh it's it's really fun to get everybody's updates uh, throughout the week about what they've been listening to and stuff it's it's cool it's cool to have a place for music man tinyurl.com slash rock of shame gets you the invite music is better when you share it and show is this so is this podcast so uh, is this you? pussy <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I said show. I said show is this podcast. So is this pussy? Be funny though. Uh, sh- share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tweet us at Rock of Shame. I am not sober, Drew. You can't do this to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm everyone's best friend when when they're fucked up. <laughs> Uh, if you want to watch us record the show live, watch us every Tuesday night over on twitch.tv slash thickboydrewski. Uh, but more importantly for now, just be with us here every week. Just subscribe to the show and, and, uh, listen along with us every week because we're having a great time making this show. Uh, I've got so much to say on that later on in the show. Um, but we start every week in one place and that's with new music. There's a few things to talk about this week, music wise. Uh, but, uh, since it's, uh, usually Greg's world here, we're going to start with my buddy Greg here. Oh boy. We're starting with the new music. All right. Give me one second. I was just posting on Instagram saying, yo, get in the chat, everybody get on the Twitch TV Dash thick boy. If you're if you're not if you're not in the chat, Greg is in the most fetching bathrobe right now doing this show. What up? And it's very erotic. There's not even a paywall. Like you can literally (laughs) just hop on the channel when we're live and hit follow button. Hit the follow button, and then you can just start chatting it up, brother Uh, or sister. That new Jason Statham movie, Wrath of Man. Greg is like hunk of man. You know what I mean? Big time. Yeah. He also kind of resembles slightly if he had longer hair, like that uh, heroin dealer from Pulp Fiction who has to jab the uh, the, um, EpiPen into that person who overdosed or whatever. I fucking hate you, but you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. It's the scruff. It's the scruffiness of the beard and stuff. It's just kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, what, how much how much did you give her, man? Like, 
Just a little. I'm not saying you look exactly like a heroin dealer. I'm just saying you have a slight resemblance. Like He's just saying you look kind of like a heroin dealer, but like a heroin dealer who would be in a movie yeah, playing like, a heroin dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not an actual heroin dealer. Yeah, yeah. Like a Hollywood version of a like heroin dealer. Like a Hollywood dealer. rendition of a heroin dealer that looks like Jesus. That's a sort of symbolism, I think. God damn, can we get to the new music? All right, hold on a goddamn sec. I just pulled up the playlist. A couple of singles that came out. uh, Black Midi came out with a new single, which I am a little too drunk to pronounce, but uh, (laughs) Chronomatia Patella. Um, Mm. Yeah, Black Midi is just an incredible, very bizarre, abstract, like, jazzy rock band, I believe from the UK, if I recall correctly. But uh, they're going to be releasing a new album uh, this year, and so far the singles have just been nothing but goddamn killer. And this one just continues to be great. Um, Muse, I guess, is coming out with a uh, new remix of uh, their uh, Origins of Symmetry record, and uh, they just released hmm. Citizens Erased, uh, new mix uh, the new remix, which the strings are a little bit higher in the mix. It's a little bit more dynamic. The EQ allows everything to sort of be a little bit more uh, open and not as compressed. Honestly, I really loved it in Citizen Erased being one of my favorite tracks from the record. Uh, great choice of single. Um, as for albums that came out, I would say... Um, actually, there's a plenty of main artists I should shout out to in the singles, but I'll get to the albums here first. Uh, Robert Finley, for those who don't know, is is an old dude who has played blues sort of semi-occasionally, I guess, back in like 80s and 90s. And literally his debut record in 2016 was called Age Do- Isn't a Thing, or like Age Doesn't Matter, whatever the fuck it is. I love the title of it. But um, <laughs> he just released a new record, um, Sharecropper Son. It is just a fantastic, like, old-school, bluesy soul record. If that's your jam, it's fucking great. Um, the His mic is always a little bit distorted in the mix, and I'm not sure how intentional that was, but it does kind of add, like, that old-school flair to it that I personally enjoy. If that's not something that you're into, that might get a little bit grating, but personally, I enjoyed that quality to it. Um a couple other singles I wanted to shout out because a couple of them are main artists and one Vermont metalcore artist um, that I am friends with. Uh, let's see here. Golden Oak, These Old Shoes. They're a dope folk band that I had the pleasure of uh, uh, taking pictures of during my internship at the Chocolate Church Arts Center back in like 2016, 2017. They're really dope. Um, Lauren Crosby with her latest single, This Time. Uh, was also pretty solid. The mix is a little bit raw, w- vocally and instrumentally, so it's. N- I'd prefer maybe a little bit more EQ next time, but overall, the performances are still great. Uh, live, she's really solid, so I'd recommend checking that out. And uh, for Vermont, there's Plastered Saints. Uh, it's a metalcore band involving uh, three members of Voices in Vain, and it is an absolute... Uh, the single is called The Baneful Wish, it is just absolute heavy for the sake of heavy, and I love it. So check that out mm-hmm. as well. And I will end it at that, because my playlist literally jumped like... Because I always keep track and tabs of every single and album that come out. My right. playlist jumped from two hours long to three hours and 33 minutes. And we still have another release week this month. So it's going to be a long-ass playlist. 
Well, it's a comfort that the cover artist this week, uh, the catalog was fairly small. Um, reg- uh, in, All things in considered. comparison to some of the other things yeah. we've done, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there. Uh, Drew, do you have anything or should I go? Uh, yeah, I just got one thing. Um, our friends El Grande uh, put out a single of a dub version of their song Love Gone Wrong on Spotify called Love Gone Reggae. And I just happened to have been the studio and recording engineer for that project. Um, I did it for a class like probably like five years ago and they just put it out. I remember you bringing that in to test it on Todd's system when we re- put out the first Sonic Libido record. And I had done some extra mixing and it just sounded so yeah. bad. But yeah. uh, the original version that I had mixed originally after I'd gone in and tried to just do it again on like some really bad headphones um, was really good. And they got it. I think they kind of got it mastered or something. It sounds really good. It, it sounds, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you want to go check it out, it's um, the people who've heard it so far. have told them that it's got like a cool, like kind of studio one, like reggae kind of sound sure. because uh, I was not only. I don't cha- know if that's really a compliment. <laughs> Uh, Studio One recordings, if you've ever heard them, are are in rough shape at this point. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say by that is that it was actually recorded in a concert hall. Sure, sure. And they made us try and make it sound good in that setting. Right. And I had to mic horns, bass, keyboard, drums, vocals, right. and I wasn't allowed to do overdubs. <laughs> I have the song so, saved in my uh, Spotify library, so I will have to give. When that you a consider listen. everything that I had to do for this fucking project, you will actually be impressed that I was able to make it sound as listenable as it is. Sure, we'll just say. Sure. Um, <laughs> I didn't even give them the stem, so that's it's just my mix down as well. And then they probably got it mastered or something, but it sounds fucking pretty damn good. Um, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It was also, it had to do a lot with like the playing. Like they actually right. fucking. Yeah. El, Grande, El Grande is a, f- a phenomenal band. If you've never listened to El Grande from Portland, they're fucking yeah. incredible. Like we had, it was just, you know, it, it's like, it was old school style recording, you know, done mm-hmm. in a concert hall, um, real tape style. Like it wasn't actual real tape, but it was like, you know, just live to track recording of yeah, the entire band. Record. And like I had to position Chris, the lead singer. And like this really weird spot to get the vocals as ISOed as possible in a super loud and reverberating fucking <laughs> concert hall. And I was able to do it. And the drums sound like all right, like and decent. The bass sounds really good. Um Yeah, go listen to it. Let me know what you think. Tell me how much you think I should be a studio engineer. You know what I mean? Or if I should not quit my day job. <laughs> that's pretty much it though i liked it it's a great it's a great piece it's a fucking vibey song so yeah just go check sure. it out yeah uh the their the original ska version also exists on the last record that they put out so you can go and compare them as well yeah exactly um uh two things i want to talk about this week uh this week marvin Gaye's what's going on turned 50 years old uh recommend going in and listening to that they did not put out a 50 year anniversary edition except for target who put out, I think, a green vinyl edition of the record for the 50th anniversary. Hmm. But they didn't do another collection release 
they only did another collection release via Spotify. Uh, the collection that they did release is just the 40th anniversary with less stuff, which is kind of weird. Um, but I think they've at this point maybe released everything from this album that they could possibly release um, from that time period uh, when they were recording this one. Uh, uh, and to be fair, the the 40th anniversary edition of that record is is extensive it's like three different versions of the record that they recorded Hmm. so um it's understandable why maybe the 50th anniversary would be like i don't know if people need all of this um i think you know it's obviously a magnificent uh uh record and that is uh uh, reigns depressingly true uh now 50 years later um and is absolutely worth uh revisiting if you're a fan of uh music in general um the other thing I wanted to talk about is the new Green Day single, uh, Pollyanna, which dropped this week. Um, it's all right. Uh, it's not nearly as bad as that last record. Oh, uh, uh, that record Father of all motherfuckers. God awful. Which, which was terrible. Uh, it's a little closer to Revolution Radio, which I thought was okay. Um, uh, pretty good by modern. Yeah, Revolution Radio is kind of like what, like, if Green Day just continue, continues making records from this point, like, if that's the standard. I'd be okay with it, but but then father father of all motherfuckers came out and I'm like, oh my god! Well, there's <laughs> there's reason of, there's reason to suspect that that record was not what it appeared to be, yeah, um, and that it was a run out record. Uh, for people who don't know, a run out record is something that you make near the end of your contract if you're not happy with the label and you don't want to th- provide them with anything that will make them any money. Uh, Prince is maybe the most uh famous example of doing this yeah. uh put out like five records in one year and they were all like clearly intentionally terrible yeah. uh because he had to run out uh his record contract he had so many records he had to make for them before he could leave and he didn't want to provide them with anything of value and so he made Frank Zappa did the same thing but he actually yeah. made really good albums in a year that were all five of them it was weird King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard did five records in 2017 and I mean, to mixed results. Most of them were good. I don't think any of them were bad. But basically, Prince did it all before. Zappa did it before Prince. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of chart this behavior in Green Day over the last, like, seven or eight years uh, with them doing a trio of records in one year. Most of which were bad. <laughs> right, right. Mo- which was seemed like it was about one maybe decent record of good material yeah. uh, and a bunch of filler. Uh, and then immediately after that, they do a live album. Uh, and then immediately after that, they do Revolution Radio. Uh, Revolution Radio, which seemed like they were like, look, we can still make good albums. We're just not right now because we're trying to run this thing out. <laughs> uh, and then they do Father of All Motherfuckers, where uh, the cover art is like fucking incredibly weird and shitty and the the music that they're making is this weird garage rock change that doesn't work for them at all it's, and it sounds like they were trying to make a foxborough hot tubs record but intentionally shitty under the green day name and it's like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and so i it, of course we've had no they haven't come out you don't do that with runouts you don't come out and say yeah, yeah. i made it shitty on purpose or whatever uh but the they uh, there's every reason to speculate that 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 was uh, an intentional move by them this uh record being the first self-release record since uh, <laughs> ever i mean if you count look out as a label right yeah um and even on spotify it's copyright 2021 green day not uh warner music mm. group which is uh what wasn't it was uh, here say. comes the shock uh, like the first single 
since then. Or maybe, maybe it was. Yeah. Although I thought Here Comes the Shock was on the last record. Maybe it wasn't. I I don't remember honestly. I prefer to forget that record exists. But <laughs> uh, I kind of so I kind of stopped on them after fucking American Idiot. To be perfectly honest, sure, sure. that's fair. Uh, even even uh, on uh, with that in mind, that here comes the shock might have also, and and it might have been. Uh, it's pretty monumental that they're uh, such an enormous band, uh, who at this point is working independently of contract. Mm. Uh, and I think th- it's absolutely the time. Like when I think about what exactly could a record label do for Green Day at this point, I'm kind of like not a hell of a lot. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Considering Billy Joel is literally doing like his own solo projects. He did that one with Nora Jones, like before Revolution Radio, I think. It was like after he had like just gotten sober uh, from his time in rehab. And like he's just, he's prolific in like just throwing himself in multiple different things. He literally just came out with a covers record like not long ago, didn't he? Yeah. It's more that they're at a point now where like the, the like, the help that they would get from putting their stuff out through a label is not not much it's n- not much i mean they have they have a fan a huge fan base who will go and see their stuff or whatever you know they're at a point now where it's kind of the perfect time in their career like really all all the labels could do is like a distribution deal maybe but otherwise well the labels were the labels were unquestionably helping to a certain extent you know they were financing the records and stuff like that so they didn't have to pay for those things but Green Day can pay for those things and can put those records out and can retain the rights to those things. And so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually do a bunch of re-records at this point as well, too, because they've talked about that in the past as well. Um, whereas if they did re-records of the songs and those songs ended up being what they offered to licensing deals, movies and video games and stuff like that in the future, then they would get more money from those as yeah. well. And they have recently expressed that they wanted to go back and do warning again. Cause they didn't feel like it came out the way they wanted to. And that would actually be interesting. Cause warning, I actually kind of liked, it's not like my favorite like Green Day record, but, but I like warning from what it is. I like the warning album for sure. So we'll have to see kind of an interesting new chapter for them and kind of fascinating to see a band as big as they are be unsigned right yeah. now you know like uh un- not only unsigned but in a position where it's kind of like yeah but why would they sign with anyone they're yeah. you know they still have their fucking uh incredible booking agent and like all of these things like they're kind of in a position where being unsigned is maybe the best thing for them yeah uh other than the fact that if their music sucks then they can't be like oh it was the label <laughs> yeah it's like, same in the case of same in the case of Metallica. I mean, they've been on their own like blackened yeah. records for like I don't know since I don't know maybe 2013, 2014 or so. I mean, their last record I think came out independently on their own, and they have a, like a distribution deal with one of the records that they were on. But otherwise, right. it's like still technically independently, they can create whatever the fuck they want. And then it's like, hey, you can sell it under our name for you know whatever percentage. And that's pretty much. I the guess business. that's been. I guess that's been the Foo Fighters deal since day one, hmm. because uh, Dave had all that money off of Nirvana and paid for that first record by himself. So it's just been a distro deal since day one. Yeah. So we might end up seeing them do that, seeing Green Day end up doing a distro deal with somebody, but yeah, but we'll have to see. 
Uh, kind of cool though. Decent song. Um, kind of upbeat for them, uh, which is uh, kind of an interesting move. Uh, but definitely uh, has completely like thrown away this style that they did uh, on the last record, which uh, is uh, kind of interesting in hindsight uh, and and lends more credence to maybe that they were just trying to run that contract out, which you know uh is what it is <laughs> they felt like hey we could take the hit on having a terrible misguided record and then just come out with uh, other better stuff uh maybe um but it, uh, it was cool to hear it and and hopefully we get a project uh from them soon that uh is good mm. yeah but, yeah i mean if they release an album i'm definitely gonna listen to it just plainly out of curiosity sure. like okay what do they do this time Father of all motherfuckers, part two. Why? <laughs> Imagine. We, we really thought we were getting some Uno dos tres, two. No. Yeah, we're gonna do another. We're gonna do another trilogy. <laughs> we're gonna do it in French this time. On deux trois. Volume eight of the Rock of Shame podcast. Gojira. Uh, Gojira from our friends over at Wikipedia are a French heavy metal band for, <laughs> from on Andres. Uh, founded as Godzilla in 1996, the band's lineup consisted uh, consisting of brothers Joe, lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and Mario Dublantier. Dublantier, uh, maybe? Because they're French? I don't know. Um, on drums. Uh, Christian Andrew uh, on lead guitar. <laughs> and uh, Jean, uh, Jean-Michel uh Levedi on bass. Wow. Uh <laughs> that last one actually sounded kind of nice. <laughs> Has been Andrew. the same since th- <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> the tongue roll like he's speaking Spanish. A, yeah, probably all Spanish uh pronunciations. <laughs> yeah. From all these lessons I've been taking. Um Gojira has been known for their style of progressive and technical death metal uh, and their spiritual and environment-themed lyrics. They have gone, quote, from the utmost obscurity during the first half of their career to widespread global recognition in the second, end quote. Gojira's first two albums, Terra Incognita, 2001, and The Link, 2003, uh, and powerful live performances established their reputation as a leading band of the French metal scene. The band then released the critically acclaimed album From Mars to Sirius uh, in 2005, which featured Backbone, the heaviest matter of the universe, and Flying Whales. Uh, receiving exposure in the British metal press. Subsequently, Gojira signed with Prosthetic. The label gave them the visibility in North of North gave them visibility in North America. The follow-up album, The Way of Flesh, 2008, marked the first time Gojira charted on the Billboard 200. In 2011, Gojira signed with Roadrunner Records. The band released La Infante Sauvage. Uh, 2012 and Magma 2016, which peaked at number 34 and 24 respectively on the Billboard 200. Gojira would put aside their death metal in favor of uh, concision 
on Magma, an album which found the band breaking through commercially, uh, introducing their music to a broader audience. The chart-topping Fortitude 2021 was the best-selling album in pure sales in the U.S. during its first week. Uh, with the DIY ethic, Gojira produced their albums themselves at their own recording studios in France and New York City. Gojira have released seven studio albums, three live DVDs, uh, and are the first French band to have topped the Billboard Hard Rock Albums chart. The band are considered one of France's most successful exports in the U.S. Uh, Gojira have received Grammy nominations for the Best Rock Album for their album Magma and the Best Metal Performance for its single Sil uh, Silvera. Uh, the band holds the record for the loudest concert and sound ever recorded at the Stade de France. Uh, throughout their career, Gojira have been involved in environmental and animal rights activism. Uh, it's Greg's week, so we're going to shoot to him first for exactly what he thought of his week with Gojira. All right. I will try to keep it brief before we do a like big dissection here, but <clears throat> I fucking loved it. Um, definitely the start where they were more straightforward technical death metal groove metal i liked it but it definitely wasn't as distinct as gojira would be as their sound progressed forward um the link i think adding a little bit more of the uh worldly elements in their music i think definitely helped to make them a bit more distinct and definitely from mars to sirius i loved the hell out of that record for the atmosphere that it experimented with it was definitely sort of post metal is kind of a weird genre to throw it in but i mean wikipedia throws it under post metal but i would also throw it under that too being much more of an atmospheric but still very heavy record um the way of all flesh was a pretty decent follow-up um their uh their era into roadrunner the roadrunner era I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, Magma was definitely the transition record overall, and that one I would consider maybe their second weakest record. And I don't think they have a bad album, but it was definitely not as consistent as some of their other records would be. And Fortitude, their latest one, um, I definitely loved the hell out of, uh, with more listens. There was a couple tracks I think that probably could have been better, like The Chant. It, meh. But... Otherwise, Fortitude as a whole, I did enjoy quite a lot. Um, and just the the way that they're able to be technical, because they definitely focus more on being more groove metal, and the technical is kind of more just to be flashy. And the way mm -hmm. that they're able to balance that without just going overboard one way or the other, I think is truly impressive overall. And I, every record I've, I did enjoy at least to some extent more than others, but I don't think Gojira have a bad album in their discography overall. So we can dissect it more later, but that's my overall general thoughts. And I need to get some glucose because I think my blood sugar is running a little bit low. But continue on. Okay. I will join you again in a second. Drew, tell me about Gojira. Um, yeah, man, like... Uh... I would say that I am a bit into metal. I am by no means even in the same ballpark as Greg is with like how much metal he listens to. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't really know. I don't really 
I don't understand subgenres in that category as much. Um, I listen to a Mark Prana from like a instrumentation and musician standpoint, and I'm a bit of a groove snob when it comes to like uh, stuff, like especially with drummers. But that goes out the window with metal drummers. Like when I'm listening to like a really technical metal band, I definitely want the drummer to be tight as fuck. And um yeah, like as far as that is concerned, Gojira like is super tight, like for sure on all their studio stuff. I did not dive into their live albums during my listens, but I did go through the whole cat from start to finish uh for their studio albums. And um for me, this is going to probably go against everyone else's feelings about them. I like their earlier stuff more. Um I just I don't know like it just um I don't know like they get they so like the the progression I I felt the progression and I could I could hear it in their how they wrote and how they played their songs and I could tell like what they were doing. I just, you know, uh for me like as it got more like kind of melodic into the later stuff, I was like, this is still fine. Like as far as metal goes, I just preferred personally the more kind of like the predictableness of like their earlier stuff, kind of in a way, because it's just kind of like they had they. I mean, like when Greg was mentioning like the kind of groove element that they have, like they still like their technical shit's fucking sick, and like everything's super groovy. Like in a really cool kind of metal way, um, he 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 picks like a lot of halftimey stuff like on drums, and like there's also all the metal. I mean the guitar squeals and stuff. Like there's a, like uh, it almost kind of felt like they were doing kind of like a Gojira take on like Pantera or something, like a little bit at the beginning, but it kind of like worked in like a really cool way. Um, so yeah, I mean I I dug it. Like it was definitely a great go through. I think the one album that. I think was my favorite was let me think here. Um gosh, which one was it? It was definitely one of the earlier ones. It might have been the link. It was. There was a there was a song on the link that literally I was like in my car and I had my puppy with me in my car and this breakdown came and I just went, Oh, Fuck! And just started like swinging my arms, like, <laughs> like, and my puppy goes up, like, "What's going on? Like, what the fuck?" And he like jumps on my shoulder. I'm like, "Yeah, let's go, buddy!" And we're just like, me and my puppy are like moshing, like while driving on like a back road, just like, "Yeah!" And like, that was fun for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I just like I felt like that kind of like yeah, metal brother, like that like kind of like like kind of went away a bit like as they got more melodic and like kind of more accessible in their later stuff um it was still listenable it's just like to me it kind of felt like i have a heart like i i feel like metal's so nerdy and counterculture that like anytime it gets too accessible i don't like it as much like i like it when it's scary and harder to get into like the more raw and like unapproachable it is uh, while still being like badass and making me be like, oh yeah, uh, and, like getting all like caveman-y and shit, like that's right. that's my 
uh, it's a feeling for me. Like, no, I, yeah. I mean, I understand the perspective. Yeah. It's like if you're going to buy a stinky cheese, buy the stinkiest cheese, right? Not the stinky cheese that's also still kind of bearable. Or right, exactly. <laughs> it's like I want to go there. Like, is it's still palpable, but I want to be sick at the end of it. The more evil it is, the more mean it is, like, the more just absolutely, like, fucking, like, mind-meltingly, like, fucking aggressive. Like, it just, like... Like, if it's overly aggressive to the point where it's just like, Jesus Christ, I just start smiling. Right, like, right. And if you want something melodic, it. you can go and listen to something else. Yeah, right? exactly. It's like, like <laughs> I don't need to, like, so I think the biggest reason I was, like, not as super into, like, what was the most recent one again? Fortitude. Fortitude. So, like, that was the last one I listened to, and I listened to it today. And I think I listened to Brendan Small's Galacticon 2 a little too recently before it. And I felt like it had like a similar kind of like melodic, like big, like more kind of orchestral like sense to metal. And like, but I feel like Brendan Small just did a better job with that style because like he based, I mean, you know who Brendan Small is, right? I don't. Um, I think it's Brendan Small. I'm pretty sure that's his last name is Small. Uh, but he's the guy who wrote and produced all the music for Metalocalypse. And he had uh, two concept albums that he did. Uh, and the second one is much better than the first. But the second one had like uh, a session bassist from Frank Zappa on it. Um, it had a drummer from some really good metal band. I can't remember the name of. And then it's all Brendan Small's guitar stuff work and synth work on this like really cool um, like concept metal album and it's fucking really cool hmm. um but it's like kind of melodic very orchestral but there's still like the the death like you know like growls and shit there's a little bit of melodic stuff he sings normally in some parts but it's not like cringy which is like i don't like it when like a metal singer sings and he's like it sounds really nice like at all you know like i don't know like it needs to have some grit you know and like gojira does a good job with that too it's just i felt like it sounded too similar to me to Galacticon too, that I was just like, I would probably just rather listen to that if I'm being honest. (laughs) And like, yeah, it's just like, um, yeah, it was still really good. Like it was Amazonia, Amazonian. Yeah. Yeah, Like that that track, that, that track was fun. You know what I mean? Like, um, that chant song was kind of like, not it for me. Yeah. That was where the vocals were getting a little too clean for me, personally. I'm like, eh, I could see what you're doing, but now it's just getting too repetitive. Yeah. It also yeah. outstays its welcome by about a minute and a half. Today. That was one of the other issues uh, I had with some of their later stuff, too, is that some of their songs were just, like, a bit too long. And I was like... Well, some of their older stuff had the exact same issue, too. They had... Uh, granted, we, granted, we can get into that later, but I just want to I chime would in say, on that. No, I would say, no, there's no point in saving that. The band has an editing issue. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, across their catalog, yeah. all of their albums are an hour plus, and a lot of their songs... It's because a lot of their songs are, like, six or seven. Um, they're, they're one of those bands that, f- that do, like, the fade-out trick a little too often. Wait, oh my god, write a fucking ending for your song. I cannot stand the fade outs, man. I'm like, what is this, 1972? Seriously, what is this no, fuck? the fade out thing was super weird to me. Uh, yeah, that shit <laughs> fucked me up. Um, and then also, that other fucking song that was like 15 minutes long, what was it on Flesh? I think it was on Flesh. 
Yeah, I think it was on that record. Buddy, like, what is this? Like, early 2000s? We don't need a hidden song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> CDs aren't a thing anymore. Just stop with the hidden songs. I don't like hidden songs. Like, no one likes hidden songs. They stopped doing them for a reason. You know what I mean? I still remember when Deftones did that at the end of Around the Fur. And the, literally, the hidden track was, was 32 minutes long. You had to go through 20, like, 26 minutes of silence to get to it. And it's like, why? Yeah. The hidden song's not even that great. Fucking Fuck songs. You. Fucking songs. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like, for me, I just, I, um, I enjoyed it when they were just a little more kind of just like fucking straight to the point. Let's fucking do metal um, for me. Like, but that's just, you know, that's a preference thing, like 100%. And, but overall, like. It was enjoyable. Like, I mean, there were definitely some songs off their later stuff that I still liked a lot. It's just there were too many of the songs that I was just kind of like, eh, like if I could, I would skip this, like, and just get to the gooder, like to the better one, you know? Uh, get, get to the gooder. Get to the gooder <laughs> one. Yeah. Cause I used to do that with CDs all the time. Like, I just didn't remember. It'd be like tracks four and five were a banger on this one, track seven where it was really good. And then the first half of track one, and then you could skip after that first half of track one. And then, <laughs> oh god, avoid track nine. Avoid track nine at all costs, man. Fast skip on that one, buddy. You don't want people to know that you even heard it. You know what I mean? Get it out of here. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's pretty much it for me. I'll move it on to Bryce. Uh, I listened to Terra Incognita 2000 from Mars to Sirius 2005, The Link 2007, The Way of All Flesh 2008, L'Enfant Sauvage. 2012 magma 2016 fortitude 2021 and the link alive 2000 half of the link alive 2003 uh earlier today um i would say of the three of you i probably have the least exposure to heavy metal music i have always enjoyed heavy metal music the way that i enjoy an onion uh, in that uh, I really love it as a mix-in with other genres, but on its own, I'm not over here just like whole hogging onions like a fucking sociopath. Um, like eating an onion like an apple. Although, great, that'd be a great bit. Like a great stage bit, I admit. Um, uh, I would describe my reaction to Gojira as tepid. Um, and it's no fault of theirs. Uh, I honestly don't think that I have the descriptive, uh, language or frame of reference to tell you if Gojira is a good metal band or not. I would leave that to either of my co-hosts before myself. Uh, I, the things that I look for and love in music are not present in the genre they are trying to play or the thing that they are going for. Um, and so I can't really speak to whether or not I thought it was a quality experience. I guess the best I could say is from somebody who doesn't really enjoy or listen to metal much, uh, I didn't really enjoy uh, the time all that much that I spent with Gojira. And there were portions specifically, I meant to get all the way through the link alive. I got halfway through and I was like, this is just obnoxious, um, which is maybe what they were going for. Um, again, it's metal, right? Like uh, to some extent, I'm kind of like, it kind of feels like I feel the way I'm supposed to feel about this, but I don't know. Uh, people constantly in discord throughout the week were like, Oh man, uh, the big change between the, the first record and the last record, 
I don't I don't know if I could tell you what's different if you played me a song from either one. Uh maybe one has slightly more melodic elements like slightly uh but i don't know if i would say like oh fucking night and day they're like a whole different band uh as much as i would say like oh they craft slightly more uh like (laughs) effective songs uh from a melodic perspective um and i i don't want to feel like i'm overly negative on the on the band it's felt like he drew had said last week when we were talking about uh aretha franklin that Getting into the artists on this show, this show has been such a fascinating experiment for me to make uh, because Drew's right that getting into artists on the first day that you guys get into the artists, you guys likely start immediately. I don't start till a few days after my next show starts production like right after this one um, for a couple of days. Uh, And so you guys are correct in that it it feels a little bit like homework when you start out. Um, but I think it's also relieved by the fact that it's like, okay, I have to listen to this next artist for the next week um, and try and get into them as much as possible for the next week. But because there's this sort of expiration date on how much exploring we need to do for an artist, uh, that's kind of liberating. And it allows me at least I have felt to approach things with an open mind of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying this thing out. And, and you know, if I don't like it, then at the end of the week, I don't have to listen to it again. So it's not, I'm not sitting there like, Oh God, that's terrible. I'm sitting there like, Oh, uh, this isn't for me, but it's fine because I'll be on to doing something else next week. Um, (laughs) and that's for the most part, how I, how I, how I felt throughout the Gojira catalog. And I get, I, I I really don't want to make it sound like I, Oh, I hated the band or whatever. If somebody put it on in a car uh, and w- was playing it and I was able to recognize that it was Gojira or something, I'd be like, oh, uh, Gojira. And they'd be like, yeah, man. I was in a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> Yo. That's my impression of a guy, a guy who's really into Gojira. Maybe that's indicative of how I felt about it. Um, <laughs> I was in a car. I was in a, a car once uh, in high school, uh, and we were going somewhere, uh, some, some, maybe there was a convenience store or something, and it was this dude I didn't know very well. And he's like, dude, you got to check out this new band uh, that I've been listening to. They're fucking awesome, dude. And I was like, okay, man, it's your car. So like, <laughs> I'm going to li- I'm gonna have to listen to it either way. 311. My other, my other option is to get out. Uh, no, the band was a band called Broken Side. Do you know this band, oh, Broken Side? fuck no. Yeah, no. right? Fucking yeah, right? Dude, no. Oh, man. If you've never listened to Broken Side, don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, genuinely awful band. And I sat there for 20 minutes while we listen to this awful band uh just like the the worst just like techno mixed with screamo type fucking shit uh it was awful it was genuinely awful and the whole time i'm like yeah man rock rock and roll dude (laughs) totally if somebody did that my point being if somebody did that with gojira it would require less acting from me to be like all right you know we're doing like i mean if drew put it on and we're driving to like new jersey or some shit i'd be like dude i can't for fucking uh for for the next we're friends you know you can be mean to me i like it but with 
with somebody else, if I was in a car for a short period of time, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Gojira. I listened to their albums once. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, it was whatever. I will say what, what was kind of wonderful about the week is that their discography is incredibly, even though the albums are incredibly bloated and, and way too long in every single case, um, <laughs> I did find, I did find that there weren't many of them. And so I had been, you know, I came off of Aretha where I was like, oh my fucking word. Right. And so where I was trying to crush four or five in a day so that I could get through this enormous catalog. And, uh, I really didn't adjust what I was doing coming out of that. And I found that I burned through the catalog in like two days and was like oh what the fuck do i do now <laughs> uh because there's like again there's like seven albums maybe yeah seven studio um, albums like two or three live yeah yeah uh but i you know again i i felt i, I I felt the same way I did at the end of Chemical Brothers, only like to an even like worse extent than the Chemical Brothers, because at least the Chemical Brothers, I could be like, I remember that song that was like really obnoxious when they were talking about like pushing a button for fucking five minutes. Oh, push the button! What a fucking (laughs) nightmare, dude. Uh. Uh, Whereas, whereas with this, I I had a difficult time distinguishing any of the songs from any of the other songs with the exception of the chant which was awful um at least we're on a consensus there i found putting putting a gojira record on was like going to a gojira concert which again i think is maybe what the genre is going for it wasn't so much that i was having an experience with a number of songs or whatever as much as i was having this sort of soundscape experience where they they went through a bunch of parts or whatever or jam or whatever like that's what it felt like or a jazz record is what it felt like to me more than like uh, putting on an album by a rock band where like it's very distinct what the songs are and they're very different and stuff. Um, this felt like every now and then a part would come up, a metal part would come up where I'd be like, that's kind of fucking sick. Okay. You know? And then uh, it would get on to the next passage and you're like, huh? Yeah. I'd get on to the next passage. I'd be like, oh, okay. This is kind of obnoxious uh, for the next seven minutes or whatever. And then uh, we'd get to the next song and it, it, bust into this chunky riff and i'd be like that's kind of chunky that's a chunky riff i like that you know and then and then it'd do some fucking other shit that i'm like ah, i don't really care it would just do some like blast beat or something you were like okay yes this guy knows how to double pedal i'm uh and i feel like that's another thing there it's like jazz metal is like jazz this is what i am saying um where uh i feel like if i was a drummer i would like i would be like oh fuck like yeah dude metal yeah it's literally it's a genre of showboating my opinion is colored by my perspective obviously and coming at it from somebody who uh loves songcraft and melody and uh, as a vocal perspective, I was uh, I was pretty bored throughout the week uh, with uh, what Gojira had to do. Uh, beyond that, you know, uh, like I said, uh, I think it's just the genre as a whole is not my thing. It's kind of too it's just too stanky for me uh, to take as in in uh, in one bite, you know. Uh, and so as a result, I I end up feeling like I don't know. I feel like if you just slam the top of the dynamic range for an hour straight it's maybe less effective than it would be if you like played with the dynamics a little bit but it's the genre 
And I get that. So uh, I felt consistently throughout the records that I was like, okay, that was that was like an hour of indistinguishable heavy parts. Cool. Uh, or an hour and 20 minutes in some cases. Um, you know, uh, ge- those were my general feelings about Gojira. And again, I think it, it mostly just comes down to this genre of music really not playing for me in a big way. So if we could start talking about this deeper... Um, I could, I could definitely continue on to what Bryce is saying about that. Cause I understand where you're coming from for sure on it. And like, I think for me, um, too, like, I think Greg is probably going to be the person who's like the most into metal. So it's like a lot easier for him to get into it for sure. <laughs> brother. Yeah. Uh, hail Lucifer, hail Satan, uh, yeah. hail Judas. Um, but like, yeah, like. For me, I'm, like, definitely middle ground. Like, I fuck with metal, but, like, not all the time. And to listen to, like, metal, like, at that caliber, like, more, like, I don't know, what is, you, you would you consider it, like, it's kind of like death metal, it's kind of like post-metal, it's like, it's... So what would you call it, Greg? Uh, they are definitely, uh, especially early on, proggy death progressive death metal or progressive technical death metal if you really want to get subgenre which yeah. believe me some metal people absolutely Will go ape shit with the subgenres <laughs> and I don't give half of a shit yeah but if, right. if we had to like really pinpoint it um they they definitely started out more technical at the start definitely much more straightforward in the death end death metal end and just went yeah. ape shit with the time signatures for the sake of it and then Actually, as, not a lot of time signature changes when I listened to it, because I was listening for it. Yeah. Not as much as you'd expect. It's just uh, certain licks would make it sound like they were doing time signature changes when they were just basically doing beats with the riffs that were... They involve a lot of, of polyrhythms. I'll give you that. And, and maybe I'm just not remembering it as well, but... I, or, or they would just accent certain things in a certain way to make it feel like, is this, like, not in 4-4? Four, four? And then I would start going, like... One, two, three, four, one, two, three. No, it's in four, four. Yeah, it's in four, four. Yeah. It's just, it just sounds you're not, weird. You're not wrong. On a lot of songs, they do no. exactly that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like cheat code, fucking poly, uh, cheat code, fucking polyrhythms and cheat code. I would code, say like modern Gojira would definitely land under, they're, they're definitely still groove metal, first and foremost, but I would say they, they've developed a little bit more like traditional progressive metal, maybe a little bit more thrash. Because they're definitely not as like death metal oriented as they were from the jump. If you like compared Terra and Kanata to Fortitude, like it's absolutely I I could recognize it's a completely different record yeah. from front to back. But I can understand from your perspective, Bryce, as someone who doesn't listen to metal a ton. And admittedly, I don't think it's like a complete night and day. I could recognize each one as a Gojira record. But if you're sure. like listening front to back like their entire discography, you'd be like, yep, it's another Gojira record. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, and like to kind of go off of that, I'd like to make a comparison that will make a lot of people angry. Is it Mastodon? No. No. Is it Megadeth? Hey, a tough week for Megadeth, huh? (laughs) What happened to Megadeth? Have you not seen that? No. They fired their bass player. Was it their bass player? The founding bass player. 
Yeah, they fired they fired the founding bass player because uh, he was apparently grooming an underage woman, uh, right. sexually uh, over I am or something like that. Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> so they got rid of him. Which you know, good. What the fuck, man? Yeah. come on. You're in Megadeth. You're fucking in Megadeth. Underage woman. That's just a girl at that point. There's no underage woman. You're correct. I understand my wording was, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be disrespectful, and then I realized that calling someone an underage woman is just straight up not correct. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I knew exactly what you meant, but it's just like, right. some people will take that technicality and be like, we'll see many young women. It's like, no, that one yeah. is just underage. Yeah. That is a girl. Fuck off. Yeah. Stop that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways. Yeah, pretty wild. All right, that sucks. Um, this is, no, this is, um, <laughs> look. This comparison is going to piss off not just, like, metal fans. It will piss off camps from two different genres of music. Will it piss off me, Drew? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Bring it on, bitch. Here we go. So, in my standing, I would say I'm a fan of metal as so far as it's a fucking mood for me, right? Like, right. when I'm in a, like, don't fuck with me or, like, possibly even, like, I just want to alienate people kind of mood. I'm in my car with all my windows down in the summer, blasting the most aggressive fucking shit I could think of and vibing and smiling and just waving and shit as I'm just blasting fucking heavy ass shit because it's a fucking vibe. However, to listen to it for a week straight where my emotions fluctuate and change, it's just like there are points where I was like, I can't fucking do Gojira right now. And I would have to like just turn it off. <laughs> and then other times where I was like, yeah, uh, uh, like just fucking into it. But, like, I had to be in the right mood for it. And the thing about that, though, is I realized that is, that's, like, a mood I have for very similar. I wouldn't say similar. I would say the fan base is similar where I have to be in the right mood to hear, like, heavy-ass bass music, like dubstep or something like that. Like, right. not really. I'm not going to really spin a lot of dubstep. I'm not going to go to a lot of dubstep shows. I have a tap-out limit for how many I go to. Probably the same thing for metal. However, metalheads and bassheads have the same level of excitement, the same facial reactions when they hear that shit fucking go at a live show. <laughs> it is like uncanny, like how much they are the same fucking people, but just listening to like different music. And one group has more uh, black and the other group has more neon. Um, but they all have the same amount of piercings and the same amount of tattoos. Uh, just one has like things like death on it and like pentagrams. And the other one has like fucking unicorns where the fuck like ravers wear for, uh, tattoos. Uh, but anyways, what I'm trying to get at is like the same thing happens when like a breakdown in like a metal song happens or like a bass drop happens with dubstep. They're all just like, yeah, oh yeah, rah, yeah. like, and they just fucking like become brainlit fucking cavemen or cave women they're just like and like they just lose their fucking minds and just go completely brain dead and just lose themselves in the music and i am so stoked that they can just allow their endorphins to come up like that maybe i did too many drugs in my past to be able to still get that like for music like i'll just be like my house just because i'll be like oh my god this feels so good but like they're just like it's like fucking like just absolutely brain like fell out their ears and they're just like noodles you know there's like floppy noodles or like a flailing and like in, you know inflatable arm tube man 
like at a show. Like I remembered I was I went into this warehouse rave and there was like some house DJ and then randomly they had like this artist named Rez. Um and I have nothing against her. Like she's makes she's a great producer, great DJ and stuff. But buddy, the fucking fans, man. <laughs> like I, I remembered it started and I just shared hearing like this like breakdown and it just drops into this just like this simple like bass wub sound. It's like and this guy goes, Oh shit, bro! Break your fucking neck, bitch! I'm gonna fucking it! And then it just drops in like and he's just going like oh it's just like literally like his his body is going 180 degrees in both directions as he just does this like absolutely brain dead headbang and i'm just like <laughs> that level of excitement would fucking terrify me and if i just witnessed it i would just be like i'm gonna go it was like so intense that i was like i gotta get out of here like i was just like i don't like i feel like I'm, i don't belong here like these people are way too into this compared to like how like i'm vibing it's like it's cool i guess but like I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't I get... feel like they're going to be, I feel like they're going to be mad at me because I'm not. Yeah, dude, exactly. They're like, he's like, look at me like, dude, what? Like, come on, let's fucking, yeah, you know, like, and like the same thing with metalheads where it's just like, if you don't absolutely suck the dick of this fucking metal band, like you're not a metalhead. And I'm like, I guess I'm not a metalhead. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, yeah. uh, because like I was talking with Sean, I was like, what do I not get about this? Like, cause I had Sean in my car. We were going to practice and we were listening to the last album like together i was on like, the last few tracks and he's like you're not getting you're not missing anything it's just fucking metal like you know what i mean just metal yeah and i'm just like oh yeah and that's when i made the realization in my head I was like same thing as dubstep you know it's like dubstep yeah like metal like it's just yeah like just like woo like just or like or like nascar yeah Oh, now, my if you want God, a comparison I... to piss some people off, that might have done it. Look, yeah. Look, all I'm saying is metal is exactly like NASCAR. And dubstep. Because I look at NASCAR and I'm like, why would anyone enjoy this, you know? But then... Left turn! But then other people, they look at NASCAR and they're like, look at NASCAR! It is really the same thing, though. And it's like... It basically it's a counterculture that is not like like for example like punk rock's counterculture right sure um yeah. house music's pretty count counterculture like um I don't know like uh like like rebel country music I guess is counterculture right but then you've got like these like super heavy sub like uh genres like or or uh things that people are into that are like super in your face kind of counterculture popular counterculture like yeah metal. I don't, but i don't know i like i yeah i would say it's a step above because i would say punk rock is like uh like a porno right whereas metal is like like hardcore leather daddy porno you know like like the it's more like a bukkake or something or like a gangbang it's just like super like over the top you see it even if you're somebody who watches a lot of porno you're like that that's 
That's too extreme for me. Yeah, now. and then I'm some people angry. are like, they're like, hey, you see that shit? That's my shit. And you're like, okay, that'll be your shit. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I really like this shit. And you're like, yeah. okay, all right, I get it. And they're like, if you don't like this shit, you need to get out. And you're like, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm on my way out. And they're like, you think you're a real porno fan, but you're a fake porno fan because you're not into this <laughs> real hard shit. Like, God, yeah. <laughs> Scooby Boobity said, I love NASCAR. How dare you associate me with metalheads? <laughs> <laughs> so. He's joking. Uh, but uh, honestly, though, like, damn, so, <laughs> so, like, the connections I'm trying to make is, like, you know, um, I don't have any, like, issues with it. I just, I don't think I'm a part of that club. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'm a part of the cool guy club when it comes to that shit. Like, which is fine because, like, I don't have any issues with it. I'm super into when people are into stuff. Like, I'm really happy for them. Like, I guess I'm, like, a rabid fan of, like, just music. You know, I think we all are. Um, but the people who are just like specific to like one thing and they're like, all I do is bang, you know, like dubstep or like, all I do is bang fucking metal or like, all I do is watch NASCAR or whatever the fuck it is. It's just like, it's like, that's great. I'm really happy for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, I just don't know if I can get to that level myself. Cause I just like, I like to kind of keep myself kind of spread out a little bit more and, uh, maybe I'm just too fucking chill. You know what I mean? Either way, whatever. You know what I mean? It's so all good. So, Greg, Greg, I'm th I'm thinking of uh, the kindest uh, way to say this. What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, despite the fact that my pancreas doesn't work? No, no, not that. <laughs> In I reference to that... the fact that you can listen to metal as much as you do. Because <laughs> I like metal, and that was a task to like listen to Gojira for an entire week span. Yeah. Like... I could, there were times where I could really vibe out. Like, I wasn't really like Bryce, where I was just like, this is just not for me. It was just like, there are just times where I'm just like, look, like, this is just like too much, like, for me right now. Like, you wouldn't survive Pupil Slicer, Math Core. Yeah, no. You, you would, no. You would oh, I don't like Math Core. I just don't like prog anything. Like, I don't like progressive techno. I don't like progressive house. I don't like progressive metal. I don't like progressive rock. <laughs> like, I think the only exception to that. So you is don't like Rush. Oh God, no! Fuck Rush, dude. Like <laughs> I've had, I've had a lot of people get upset with me because, like, I like in you're my, a drummer. It, yeah, I, I was like, I, I mean, like, I, I'm sad that he, that Neil's dead. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm sad that anyone dies, but I wasn't like inspired by him at all with drumming. Like, he's just not my guy. Like, I, in fact, I just he, I thought he was overrated as fuck. <laughs> like. I know a lot of other drummers that feel that way too, but like I also know a lot that are like, he's like one of the fucking best, and I'm like, I don't agree at all. Like, sure. I'm sorry. Like, sorry. You know, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I can see that you're one of those people, and we could just not have that conversation because it'll just not go well. <laughs> this episode, we're gonna have like a five hour episode of just it's Gojira, but really like three hours of just us bitching about Rush. <laughs> that was that was my referencing of like how I was like I really like how technical Gojira was is because like I don't like other bands when they're technical, and one of those bands was Rush. I hate that Rush is technical because their bass player and their guitarist sound. Like, they should have a not-technical drummer, but instead they chose to have uh, Mr. fucking, like, uh, like uh, you know, <laughs> whole, the whole world of drums all around me, and it rotates, and... <laughs> like, get out of here, you fucking dickhead. Like, go back to Canada, you know what I mean? Like, you're just, you're just not my thing, I'm sorry. Like, 
no offense. Like I, I, you know, I, I like some of their stuff a little bit. Like, I'm not going to say Rush sucks and I hate all their songs. There's some songs that I can listen to and I'm not completely tilted that I'm listening to it. Um, but for the most part, I'm like, this is fucking dad rock and it can go fuck itself. Respectfully. But anyways. Nerdy dad rock, which is probably more up my alley. But to answer the question of, uh, of uh, I, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with me in terms of why or how I can listen to so much metal music. I honestly can't give you a good answer. <laughs> I don't know. It, I love a lot of the distortion, the energy that comes out of a lot of metal. And metal itself is very diverse in terms of, as with any genre, you're going to have your sure. sonic differences. Like with hip-hop, you have your West Coast and your East Coast and your, and your Southern hip-hop and Midwest and, you know, that type of thing. With your folk music, you're going to have your bluegrass. You're going to have your... Uh, folk rock you're gonna have your uh americana uh, yeah americana and heartland rock you'll have uh and of course rock music and reggae and folk rock music. yeah yeah etc and with metal i mean it all depends on your era in which i so far i've enjoyed almost every single era of metal music it i don't know it's just energy the sort of the diversity that some bands can really bring to the table i think my two of my favorite records this year have been metal music uh wolf king for example they're like a they're like a black metal mixed with hardcore fusion that in my head it doesn't work but it absolutely does and pupil slicer who are math core normally something like that that is just noise for the sake of noise I'll admit, yeah, fuck off, Drew. Um, <laughs> normally, I'm giving I a admit, thumbs down. I'm giving a thumbs down. If you're listening, I'm giving a thumbs down. I don't like mathcore. I'm giving a thumbs down. Go ahead. Normally, I wouldn't enjoy. The, I, I probably, if I listened to like a shit ton of mathcore, um, I would probably slam my head against the wall. But for some reason, like those selective records of theirs, in particular, Pupil Slicer, I was like, for some reason, they do this right. They're just a right. trio. Uh, they make this palpable, digestible, but still well, and, heavy as fuck. Your answer here is not different than it would be if anybody asked me why I like anything that I like. Yeah, yeah 100%, which is why I'm not, I'm not bashing metalheads at all. I'm bashing Rush for sure. Like, just so we're clear, fuck Rush. But, like, metal fans. I'm not bashing metal fans at all. In fact, I really like metal, and I, like, have times where I really want to listen to just metal. <laughs> like and that's it um i never have that time where i feel that way about rush just so we're clear i just really like tilting craig to be honest um uh, i have the patience of a fucking saint you trash <laughs> if somebody asked um, me why do you like any of the things that you like i would be like i don't know because i do I kind of digressed into like my comparison to piss people off and yeah, i apologize yeah. that it went as long-winded as it did but yeah, it needed I mean, to be said. Whatever, man. <laughs> I have a platform. I'm going to use it. <laughs> that is true, and I suppose there's no uh, monetary risk at the moment. Uh, early Gojira, I'll admit, with Terra and Kanata, um, I wasn't as huge of a fan of it, and I think I had the same thing as you, Bryce. Where it, I mean, let me look at the album. Yeah, the album is 77 minutes long. 
and it does kind of fall into the technical death metal, uh, like, if anyone was like, oh, you should listen to this, it's awesome, technical death metal. It sounds like a tech death record. That's pretty much what it sounds like. It's decent for what it is, but not a lot stands out in terms of, like, amazing hooks or amazing riffs that made me go, oh, I've got to check this song out again and again and again. Even the three that I added onto my playlist, which I do every week with these albums, right? I couldn't tell you what the fuck they sounded like. It, it all just kind of <laughs> blended yeah. in. It's a yeah. decent... It's like, I still think it's a decent record. It's just... I'm probably not going to return to that specific era of Gojira. Mm-hmm. And like when it got to from Mars to Sirius, where they added a little bit more of the, they leaned a little bit more on the prog element. They leaned more into the atmosphere of their songwriting instead of just the technical flashes, which they still definitely had. I mean, you have multiple songs on here that are bordering eight minutes, but to me, it didn't, Granted, some passages did go on a little bit longer than they should have. Um, honestly, if they cut some of the passages down like a third or even in half, you would have some of these albums would be goddamn classics in my opinion, but straight up. And I love some of these records. But- uh, I absolutely agree that if 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 these records had been forty minutes, like a fucking record uh, official position of this podcast, you have forty minutes, uh, and and work in that time for the love of God. Uh, if these records had been forty minutes, I think I would have my reaction to them would have been a lot more favorable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I will. Just I like... won't recommend you a thank you scientist record. Who are an absolute <laughs> prog metal uh, Pandora's box of genre fusions and their terraformer which was their last record and i loved it to fucking death it was my number one of 2019 is like uh 84 minutes long so like yeah i mean torture for you so <laughs> it would be definitely torture for bryce but I, I will say that like uh going off of what you're saying too it's just like with a little bit of fat trimming and a little less focus on trying to be proggy i think they would probably hit harder for me too yeah Magma is the record where they actually did try that because the album before that, because Roadrunner, the Roadrunner era is when they do start trimming down the fat a little bit, not all the time, but there's no, there's no song that's reaching the seven yeah, and or like, eight minute For the most anymore. part, like growing up and listening to metal stuff, like I find probably a lot of what I was exposed to and enjoyed yeah. was usually stuff that was produced off of Roadrunner's label. Yeah, no, Roadrunner, I'd say, is one of those... I even really liked the Roadrunner United comp album when I was there. Did you ever hear that one? I don't believe I did. It was really... It was good. It was called Roadrunner All-Stars, I think, or Roadrunner Roadrunner United or something. Like, Hmm. not bad. It's just like... Yeah, it's just a compilation of, like, people from, like, Slipknot and, like, a bunch of other bands and shit, like... Did it have Nickelback on it? No. God, no. (laughs) Were they... Are they on Roadrunner? They were. (laughs) Yeah, That was Roadrunner's best-selling band. Well, of course it was. Going back to uh, the Roadrunner era of Gojira, because um, mm-hmm. the first record, uh, L'Enfant Sauvage, um, it still is more along the lines of their more technical side, sort of experimenting a little bit more with the atmosphere that the record before it, uh, The Way of All Flesh, sort of dipped out of a little bit, mm-hmm. which made that record a little less interesting for me. Um, so L'Enfant Sauvage, did bring that back a little bit, shortened the lengths. I don't think there was a song that went much. I think there might have been one that was about eight minutes long, but it did sort of trim the fat a little bit. And then Magma came along and really took away most of the technical parts. 
Like, they didn't go extremely heavy. It's still heavy. It's Gojira. You know a Gojira record when you hear it. But it's not as deliberately insane as some of their other records are in terms of performance. I mean, it's 10 songs, 44 minutes long. It's the shortest record that they have. Yes, and that was the one record where I was like, oh, this is like uh, a palatable length. Which for me was the second weakest record. <laughs> because uh, to me, like, they were getting there in balancing their more melodic pursuits and a slightly more mm-hmm. accessible sound. But to me, the record came off a little bit inconsistent. Where Fortitude, I think, did balance it quite a bit more, despite the chant. Which I'm glad uh-huh. that everyone here thinks, nah. Um, well, it's just that uh, the, song, the song moves into that uh, whatever the chant they do at the end is. It just goes on for way too goddamn long. How much ayahuasca did you guys do while you were in the studio for this one, you know? Like, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Honestly, I liked the interlude, I think, more than the actual track itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it went into a track that sounded like that interlude, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, the chant doesn't... It doesn't start off bad. The problem is just it doesn't go anywhere after that. Which is clearly the point. Yeah. Right. But why? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Just because it's the point doesn't mean it's instantaneously good. Like, no, it is easily the weakest song on the record. And it's just kind of a weird little thing in the middle that's kind of like, okay. You can achieve your artistic ambitions and still have something that isn't very good. Yeah, because, I mean, you have Uh, tracks on here like Amazonia, Hold On, New Found, Grind, which have some of those weirder technical moments that are more in spurts than mm -hmm. than just the entire song going eight minutes and just very weird accents and shit. Like, they really deliberately tried to make it a bit more digestible while still remaining heavy. And I think they were able to balance that significantly better on Fortitude. I mean, considering the fact that they sell as well as they do, I would say I agree with that statement fully. If it's for me, not so much. I don't really like the digestible stuff. But again, I I look at metal the same way someone looks at like getting like a I'm with stupid shirt. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like. I'm here. I love the comparisons in this. I'm here for a get. I'm here for the gimmick of it, kind of more than I am for like being an actual, genuine metalhead. You know what I mean? Like that's fair. I'm there for like the to invoke that emotion and to feel that feeling, like probably how like a you know like a white kid like found like a Snoop Dogg doggy style album was like, oh shit, this was like being in fucking Long Beach or Compton, like, but I don't have to actually be there. It's like, oh, this is what it would feel like to be at a fucking metal show without having to fucking digest an actual metal show and being around all these metalheads and stuff okay like for me it's just kind of like fun to have my little metal moment and just be like yeah and then just like be back I mean, to... you can dip dip when you want <laughs> exactly yeah so let's do it drew how many slaps we'll give it a three yeah yeah three being good so the reason it's not a four is because um I just feel like it was really, it was decent, like, it's really good. Like, four is, like, amazingly good. Like, these guys are great. Like, I gave four to, like, Chemical Brothers, and the only reason it wasn't a five was because of their continued discog and things like that. You know, like, I, I saved four for, like, the really good stuff. Um, yeah, I love how you're laughing. Like, yeah, the first, like, 
three or four albums of Chemical Brothers were great. No, yeah. I just I just love you finding a nice way to say the only reason I didn't give them a five is because I didn't like some of their material. <laughs> if they had just stopped, they would have been perfect. Here's the thing, right? Like, I it's not that well, I Meatloaf was the same way. Right? Yeah, but I, it's not that I disliked uh, the rest of their catalog. It's just like it wasn't like great. It was just okay. Yeah. Like it wasn't really good. Though. I remember. Yeah. Anyways. So Gojira, the reason it's not a four is because for me, you know, I'm a metal fan. Like my metal taste is probably that of like a really simple whack ass person. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, I, I really like enjoy like Mastodon. I don't know if System of a Down is considered metal at all. Yes. And they're my second favorite band in existence. Yeah. So, yes. so, so System of a Down is like a five out of five for me because like their whole discog I love. And it's also yes. metal. Um, yes. And then, like, uh, I like Lamb of God. They're like a four out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because they're a drummer. I would also say the same. Yeah, like, it, they're fine, but, like, some of their stuff didn't really hit me, right? So that's like a four. For, for Gojira, it's like a three out of five because I didn't get that same excitement of, like, whoa, these guys really have, like, this unique style to metal that, like, really captures me and pulls me in to be like about it and like some of it just gets a little exhausting after time like it's like mm-hmm. i can't go to like some stuff like system of a down i can listen to them pretty much anytime even if i'm in like a mood where i'm not into metal but and then like lamb of god i can listen to quite a bit too like especially like my favorite ones by them like my favorite songs by them i can listen to whenever because it's just like for me it's like it captures something really exciting and like uh i just really like the drumming a lot in it and like um, even though there's not singing, it still has like dynamic to it in a way that I felt like Gojira didn't really have until near the end. And then it just got too melodic for me. So mm. even then though, it's still listenable. I would still probably like bump some songs by them possibly. So it's not a two like twos are for the people where it's like, there was only a few good things out of their whole catalog. And then one is for three eleven, and <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that is a further Which you explanation. You rated a two, mind you. You rated yeah, you a rated two. It. I'm not letting you off the two. hook for three eleven. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You what rated are they... them a two. Oh, wow. Really? Are you going to retract yeah, that you score? Give, the, you give them a two. You, there's no. Re- oh no no no. The reason I gave them a two is because they have songs like Amber and whatever, and like they're okay. Like I wouldn't kill myself over those songs, but like. You were the only one who gave it a two. Greg and I both gave them one. Yeah. But, um, I was surprised I didn't give them a zero. Have I given anyway. anyone's out? <laughs> I don't think so yet. No. Wow. Oh, okay. The reason that 311 wasn't a one for me was because I can still listen to it and not like be pissed off that it's on. It'll just be like annoying. Right. It'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. God, 311. Like, it's not like turn this off now like you know what i mean like i don't go into like an absolute fit of rage like it's just more like so you're a you're a three drew three for gojira yeah yeah uh i am a two for gojira uh the reason why i'm a two for gojira is because i got to the end of the week and i didn't feel like i liked any of the songs um which is kind of what puts something in the two territory for me um, three eleven's a one because three once it by the time I got to the end of three eleven's catalog, I was like, I this band makes me mad. 
that I have to listen to it. Uh, and Gojira did not get there for me. Um, but it was a situation like with uh, the Chemical Brothers where I got to the end of the week and I asked myself, I was like, are there any of these songs I would ever return to like, for personal listening? And the answer for me for Gojira is n like, no, probably not. Um, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't put them at a one because a one signifies that it's a, a bad band for me. Like, I think, I don't think the band is like good. <laughs> uh, and I, again, I don't think I have the frame of reference to accurately say that. And the people that I know who like metal quite a bit seem to like this band fine. And so I think they're just pretty good at making something that I don't really like all that much. Um, and and so you know it's kind of a it's not you it's me thing for them but uh but it i i think there are two for me because i i legitimately had a had an issue first of all telling one song from another at any point throughout their career and then beyond that i had a point i had a problem at any point being like i would come if i would like a particular part in a song it's like okay i kind of like that part but i don't know if i like all nine minutes of this track or whatever to come back to it and listen to it so for me there are two um which is uh unfortunate because it does uh, the, the the when we're really split on an artist like this on the show then the the like the total ranking system is all kind of messed up, but that's like how that's the point of the show is that it's three different perspectives. Right. So. Yeah. In my case, yeah. In my case, I would give them a very strong four. I wouldn't quite give mm -hmm. them a five just because of just a couple of quirks with their style, especially early on where they just kind of did technical stuff for the sake of being technical and heavy. Um, and the the fade out stuff, their their consistent fade out songs did always kind of bother me just a little bit because I do like having songs with a complete finish, and it just kind of seems like some of their songs it had made me no end. And I'm like, okay, this passage has gone on for like two minutes. Those last two records that do that, the the fade outs on like most of the songs, I was like, what? It? Why are they doing this? This is so. I thought we were done with this decades ago. Yeah. Uh, it's like a 70s record. K-Bart uh, is weighing in with uh, his rating, which is Gojira is a solid three for me. Good band. I like the music and may return to a few tracks. I actually liked 04 the best. What one did they like the best? 04. Uh, that would have, uh, 04 would have been probably... The Link or uh, Mars in, to... Infant see. Savage, maybe? Um... Or maybe, yeah, Mars to Sirius would maybe yeah, be. Yeah, Mars to Sirius is like 2005. Link was 2003, 2004, somewhere like that. Yeah. LaFont Sauvage was like 2012. So. Yeah. It, I don't, yeah. But, um. There is no yeah, album for, from 04. But maybe the fourth album, which would have been. Um, Way of the Flesh? Yeah. That would have been, that would have been their fourth one. Yeah, The Way of, the, of All Flesh. I, that one was okay. In, it's just like they were interesting. The hidden e. track at the end pissed me off like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that part. I was like, um, oh, silence. Um, oh, oh no, sixteen minutes left. Oh, is this a hidden track? 
Oh, come on, dude. I'm driving. And then I held down the fast forward button. Until it got to Four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's the hidden track. Yeah. Song is song is called Zero Forest, his favorite song off Tarot. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was off that record. I was confused for a minute there. Yeah, it's like a really specific thing without explanation. That's helpful. Um, But overall with Gojira, my experience was really solid overall despite those little quirks there um and overall i i while i do like some of their more technical stuff maybe a little bit more i'd say maybe my top three uh from three to one would be uh fortitude lafont sauvage and uh from mars to Sirius, just because that's where they started experimenting more with the atmosphere still being heavy but finding that nice balance in between their sounds and not just being just straight tech death for straight being for the sake of being straight tech death. Um, overall, I really do respect Gojira, especially their message being very environmentalist um, heavy. Um, I do love their sound quite a bit, even if at times I wish it was maybe just branched out a little bit more, trimmed the fat a little bit. Um, but overall, I found Gojira to be very very good. And I would probably return to some of their full-on albums uh, again later down the road. I'm a two. Drew's a three. Greg's a four. Total score a nine. That's actually not bad uh, out of 15. Is this like a repeat of Uh, like Chemical Brothers, except Drew and my score were flipped? Yeah. (laughs) It's, yes, it's also kind of a repeat of Meatloaf as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, with With flip scores. Oh, yeah. Um, nine is about where something lands. If there's there's th- there's good stuff to be found, yeah. Uh, but there's also uh, troubles, you know. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite hit the double digit mark, but it's close enough that you'd be like, okay, it's worth it. It's close enough to check it out, no matter who you are. Drew, it's your week. Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> you didn't think this through, did you? <laughs> fuck no, I forgot it was my week. <laughs> You can go to the Discord and, and see if people have put in any uh, suggestions recently. It's like a gander. I think there was a suggestion for Dream Theater from someone at some point, which was... I'm not doing another fucking metal band <laughs> right after that one. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> ah, man, Primus would be super fun if I hadn't already gone through them. And I know that Bryce already hates them. He thinks that it's just a bunch of slap basing with a prospector rapping on top of it is what he, <laughs> he said. It was like... Look, I don't... I don't hate Primus. I fucking hate Jerry was a race car driver. I, I, this, I can't stand the song. And everyone who talks about Primus, I've been like, I just, because I've played a lot of Tony Hawk and I'm like, this doesn't fit with anything else here. Why is it on this soundtrack? That's fair. Primus was a really odd choice for that soundtrack. <laughs> Everybody that I've talked to has said it's a lot like that. If you don't like Jerry was a race car driver, that's kind of what they do. So... <laughs> Oh yeah, big they, time. Some albums they get fucking weirder than that, and that would probably <laughs> you'd just be like, make the stop. <laughs> Although the Claypool Lennon, uh, Claypool Lennon Delirium, fantastic, really good, and a lot more easily digestible because it's way less primacy and more kind of like Les laying down some great bass lines and kind of doing some singing and stuff with, uh, very psychedelic rock kind of stuff, yeah, more so cool. than just like. Slappity slap slap slap. My name is Mood. If we were going to consider doing pop, we could do One Direction, 
or Avril Lavigne or Miley Cyrus. I, Avril Lavigne wouldn't work. I mean, for me, Let Go is a great record. Yeah. I'll take that to my grave. I feel that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, boy, Phil Collins. Yikes. <laughs> I, I am going to go ahead and say that I've at least listened to two Phil Collins albums, so we can rule that out, thank God. <laughs> oh man phil man fucking phil um rise against would be a good one to di- deep dive into it would um, be disqualified for me immediately because i know all their records oh okay bet because like everything i've heard of them i have not enjoyed <laughs> uh what what is what's the one i've heard siren song siren song is counterculture yeah, celine dion that's the one that i've heard it's all right pretty good I like that record. Um, I was actually listening to that earlier this morning. I've heard a lot of people talk good <laughs> things about Celine Dion. Celine Dion's really close to Aretha Franklin. We should probably push her out a little bit. I agree. Bit. Yeah, I think we'll have to push that out. All right. I, what I'm not seeing is a lot of rap suggestions, and I think it's been a while since we've done another rapper. It might be fun to go back towards the... Oh, shit. scooby Boobity's hopping in really fast now, all of a sudden. Dave Brubeck, it's jazz, but it's great, in my opinion, at least. I don't know. There's a lot of jazz with fucking Aretha and um, and Billy that I kind of want to wait a bit for jazz again. I don't have anything against jazz. It's just like, it's like metal for me, where it's like, I have to be in the right mood for jazz, because... That's fair. (laughs) True. We're way way over time. Rap music. Let's do some fucking rap music is what I'm saying. Well, pick a All these white people asking me to listen to rock and roll and shit. (laughs) Fuck out of here. Let's see here. Hmm. Pick a a rap artist. Tupac Shacker. I've listened to a lot of Tupac. um, And I've also listened to a lot of Biggie. That's going to be a tough one. Uh... The only one I'm seeing under the cover our suggestions, I think, was NERD, and I know NERD too much. I know way too much NERD too, as well. Yep. I'm a big fucking producer nerd, so Pharrell's like, yep. like up there. I'm just like, brother, Ring. yeah, brother, like you're a fucking absolute monster. So Drake, let's do Drake. Do we actually? So I've listened to a lot of her, his newer stuff, and I've listened to a few older songs as well that are like popular tracks. I have not done a deep dive on Drake though. Um, we could technically do Drake. <laughs> Some of his stuff, from what I've heard, is awful. Some of his stuff is actually pretty fucking good. I don't think I've listened to a full album of his at all, and I'm terrified because I hate anything he's put out. Really? <laughs> yep, I have not liked Drake in like 95% of things. What about that one with like Eminem and like Kanye and shit on it? They're like, well, did nothing at all. I only cared about the Eminem part, and even then, that one hasn't aged well. Yeah, but like, nothing Eminem doesn't age well. No, ever. <laughs> like, Zoomers have been trying to cancel him for like the past like two or three months. Have you not noticed that? Oh, I've, I've noticed. It's like, what the fuck it's, is the point? It's hilarious. It's literally like, buddy, like, you're trying to cancel somebody that they try to cancel. Back way in, like, more angrily in like the late 90s, the 90s and early 2000s. His gimmick is that he doesn't care that you try to cancel him, right? Like it's like trying to cancel the devil. It's like, okay. Yeah, I know I know I'm bad. I never said I was like 
saying good things. Like, I'm a degenerate fuck face. Look, like, he- Here's what I want to say. I'm not excited about the possibility of covering Drake either, but I will argue part of the point of this show is to go deeper into artists that we like and don't like. Here's the thing, right? Uh, to see if there's more to it under the surface. You know? Before we lock in Drake, though, it's just the first one we came <laughs> up with. Um, I just want to rack my brain and think if there's any other rappers that are like really well known that we haven't done a deep dive on, like all of us, mm-hmm. you know, that we should probably have done because of their credit, like especially since rap rules the 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 airwaves right now. Like we should probably right. know some shit about it, you know. Um, J Cole, J Cole's another option for sure, actually. Um, I've listened to maybe an album by him. I listened to his latest one. How long is his disc? I've, oh, I probably listened to about two of his albums, actually. Hold on, let me check. I've listened to two albums. I've never listened to... I've listened to his debut record, maybe a mixtape, back in high school, but I don't remember it. I've listened to... Oh, fuck. I've listened to, like, three of his albums. <laughs> no, we can't do them. I've listened, <laughs> to, I've listened to Cole World, I've listened to Born Center, and I've listened to KOD. Yeah. So that's like three out of his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight albums. That's almost fifty percent. So we we can't do J Cole. Fuck. I, and he's great though. J Cole is actually a really good rapper. Um, I can't do Kendrick. Oh man, it's really just keeps fucking spiraling back to fucking Drake, bro. This is not good. <laughs> we gotta think of something fast before we lock this in. Trippy red. <laughs> I think we'd be more tortured by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah trippy red would definitely bryce would probably won that within three oh songs. he would zero trippy red i'm that would be the first zero probably zero yeah trippy red. same with playboy cardi probably too oh yeah literally playboy cardi's like <laughs> like that's literally how he raps dude it's the most <laughs> weird shit dude <laughs> everything i've heard of was like like it's so weird, dude. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. It's very weird. Like, but um, uh, yes, I understand. Chef, wait, Ra- now nah, we can't do Raekwon, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Raekwon to Chef, no shot. Wait, you guys know Raekwon from Wu Tang? Of course I do. Yeah. I know Raekwon. Okay. Um, I mean, I know that I know the. Fruit I'm just trying to think of another rap artist we can do that we haven't all heard to death. Uh, I know it's tough. Like, I actually am a bit of a hip hop head, and I'm like realizing. I to. I know three, maybe four, full of his records, but he has a pretty extensive discography. Busta Rhymes. I've listened to a shitload of Busta. I've listened all to right. Flip Mode. I've listened to his solo stuff. Like, nah, can't do Busta Bust. Um. I also love his music videos. All the music videos from a time period were so fucking cool. Like him and Missy Elliott. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, why is it coming back to Drake, dude? I'm trying so hard not to do Drake right now. Like, why is it every time it's my turn? Like, I always just sucker in for, like, the worst choices, dude. You know you know who likes Drake quite a bit is that uh, Michael McCormick. That guitar player really? Michael McCormick likes him some Drake. So I, yeah. I I'm used, mixed about I used to be his, his uh, I used to be his road wife, and he would play it in the car all the time. Play some fucking yeah. Drake, bro. Um, hmm. Fuck, we're going with Drake, aren't we? <laughs> 
I guess we're doing Drake, dude. I think we're doing Drake. Fuck. Fuck. I think we're going to have to do Drake, guys. I have listened to so much KRS-One, K-Bar. Dude, like, I am a hip-hop head. Like, when I say I'm a hip-hop head. I've listened to too much KRS-One, yeah. too. I, like, yeah, no shot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude. Even Boogie Down. That'd be disqualified. Like, DMX. No shot, dude. I've listened to a lot of DMX, too. And I've, like, come to the Listen fact to that I'm just DMX. not a fan of DMX. Like. Yeah. Um, I already can say that for me, like DMX is like two out Look, of five slaps. The the <laughs> fact of the matter is we want to do hip hop and the Macho Man only has one album. So <laughs> Randy Savage has a fucking rap yeah. album. If you guys do not know this, go check it out. It's so good. There's it's a so diss good. track to Hulk Hogan on it. <laughs> um What? You didn't know this? Greg. I remember that Hulk Hogan had a really, really shitty I don't even remember what genre he did record. And I listened to like two tracks and went, fuck this shit and turned it nah, off. No, no, no. Macho what? Man Randy Savage is a fucking pioneer. Your special homework for this week will be to listen to the Macho Man Randy Savage rap album and, and report back. Okay. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce blessed it on my ears one day and I was... It's, I it's, was... A, it's a Sonic Libido car staple. Uh, and, and... and everyone else I've shown it to have just been like, can we stop listening to this? And I'm like, not until the album's over. Oh my god, the font! I'm just looking at the album art already. The fucking fonts on this thing make my graphic design on point, baby. It's on point. Oh, I want to slam this so fucking hard. <laughs> you won't be able to because it's so good. Have you? Have either one of you guys listened to a lot of Two Chains? I actually haven't listened no. to a lot of his full records. I only okay. I only know one of his full records. Yeah, boats, right? And based on a true story? Nope. It was okay, one so of his later are, ones, actually. Those are the only two I think I've really gone through from start to finish, are those two. And there's one, two, three. Hold on. Are these all? There's a few chopped and screwed ones on here. So, like, I can't count those because they're just I like. Think he has like six studio records. Me Against the World, Coding, Withdrawal, Trap of Valley 2, The Residue, which in Trap of Valley. Oh, God, he has mixtapes like, on there, too. Holy shit. I forgot. Mix, mixtapes are dope. Like I, yeah, a lot I of the time, I like the mixtapes more than like studio albums. Like for Lil Wayne, for example, that's a big one for me. Um, Codeine Cowboy. I I can imagine Bryce is gonna have a field day with Two Chains. He's either gonna love it or he's gonna hate it. <laughs> so the I'm probably gonna hate it. I'll probably hate either choice. No, but... no. Listen. So with Two Chains, the reason I think it might be a good pick is because I also am considering Bryce. It came to my mind before Drake. Um, but I wasn't sure because I was thinking like I've heard like a couple of his albums, but then I looked, he has a lot of albums actually. Um and Mick tapes. And so the thing that I think that would make Bryce more interested probably in them him instead of Drake is the fact that his um his like wordsmith smithing is like I don't he's he's a really good lyricist for sure. Like it's definitely got like a southern rap style to where it's like less is more kind of vibe, like where he like would rather it be kind of the flow over like trying to fit a lot of words in like a fucking you know spazzing out like East Coast fucking boom bap rapper or something, but like um I don't know. So like we could pick between that, but then the reason I think Drake might be a pick that would appeal to Bryce more is because Drake has a lot more singing parts in it and more melody to his songs. And it's a funnier pick than two. It's also a funnier pick. <laughs> Which is which is weird because two chains out of the two would be easily the funnier of the two in terms of their lyricism. 
But the idea of these three uh, uh, grown men dissecting Drake for a week uh, is a funnier concept. Uh, Especially with his track record, Drake has been not only relevant for the last, like, 15 years or whatever, but, like, he's been at, like, the top of the Billboard charts that entire time. You can't argue he's, like, Like, he's not influential because he definitely is. Dude, he's, like, seriously able to stay... In a rapidly moving fucking pop culture that, like, is constantly like, on to the next shit, on to the next shit. Somehow. And it's like, hey, guys, hey, guys, remember me? I was on Degrassi, and I'm still super famous as a rapper. And you're like, what? (laughs) Dude. Yeah, it's, like, insane to me, like, that he's been able to do that. And I know why, because I can, I hear some of his songs, and I'm even like, that's a good hook, like. Yeah. All right, fu- I fuck think it. They're... Are we gonna do Drake? <laughs> We're gonna do Drake. I think they're both great suggestions. I think, I think it's Drake. I think it's fucking Drake. Like, even though it's my pick, I think God fucking damn it, it's I gonna be Drake. It's gotta be Drake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we gotta do it. We gotta do it, man. For the show, for my sanity, for the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bryce, wrap it up. So hey, hey, thanks for joining us. On this uh, wonderful adventure that is the Rocket Shame podcast. We'll be back next week with Volume 9, Drake. Drizzy Drake? Do we do, do, do they still call you him Drizzy say Drake? That. You know, I mean, sometimes Champagne Poppy. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't Pitbull. We could have done Pitbull. Oh my fucking God, I forgot about Pitbull. <laughs> Good no, Lord. No, Drew's looking up Pitbull. Um, please subscribe. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Subscribe uh, to the show. Tell your friends. Share it around. Music is better with friends, as we always say on this show. Bit of a long episode this week, uh, but we're going to go and spend a week with Drake and tell you how we feel about it next week. Uh, For now and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find Drake. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Where is he? Where is Drake? Drake.